is going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous tuesday july 11th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today hey it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and uh, we got a spec show dude we got a good show lined up, folks. Um, as always, these articles courtesy energynewsbeat.com. First up, we've got UN report co- predicting climate catastrophe in 2030. Met with mockery. Quote, every single prediction has been wrong. Um, it, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, next up, Shell CEO dreams of leaving UK for greener, profitable pastures in the US. Love that little play on words there. Next up, why I'll be buying a brand new petrol car just before the 2020 or 2030 ban, says Matt Ridley. This is a great article talking specifically about um, the petrol ban that's going on in Britain. That's why I said petrol. Um, for all you tea lovers out there, I'm just trying to stay up with the times. That was a good um, one. But it was, it's a good one. Um, but this is a fascinating article on what happens when you put time constraints on efficient things. So Stu will cover that. And then finally, unsold electric cars are piling up in dealer lots in a move absolutely nobody expected. Looks like no one's buying EVs, so Stu will cover that. He'll toss it over to me. I will quickly cover um, oil prices easing a little bit today, and then we'll uh, give a quick update on what's going on with that Pemex platform. Stu's got an interesting number that's just actually breaking as we speak, so um, he'll cover that in a bag of chips, guys. But first, before we start our stories, again, all of these stories, courtesy world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy news. Um, students, great job of curating that website, making sure it's up to speed with all the things that you need to stay up to speed on the ever-changing energy markets. Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your data and energy news combo. Um, I, I'm sounding, I'm beating a dead horse here, guys, but it's going behind a paywall here soon. So give us your feedback. Sign up for the description. Check out the description below where you'll find you'll find a form to get access to our V2 um, and see some of those early features before we decide to uh, do something crazy with it. So help yourself out um, and do it. Hit us up, questions at energynewsbeat.com. Follow Stu, follow me on LinkedIn. Everything in the description below, all the time step, all the stories. I'm out of breath though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? Well, let's start with my least favorite organization in the world next to the World Economic Forum, the UN. The UN reporting predicting climate catastrophe in 2030 met with mockery. Every single prediction has been wrong. They got brutalized, Michael, on Twitter. I mean, Who came up with this title? This is a Fox News article. Okay, makes sense. Yes, it was not me. I did. I I'm standing innocent. On yeah, it. I was like, this seems. Like, I was like, ooh, this is a stew title. No, it was too good. It caught my eye. Uh, let's see here. United Nations released a report on Monday that claimed the planet will approach catastrophe threshold in 2030. Less. Further action is taken. It says that global average temperatures are expected to rise uh, 1.5 Celsius above pre-industrial levels. That Anyway, this just makes me airsick. Let's see. They started for 40 years. They've been claiming this and nothing has happened. Let's go through some of the numbers on this thing. 
I'll tell I love you. all of the tweets they've quoted in here. Climate apocalypse has been five to 10 years away for the last 70 years. Ain't that the truth? Oh, yeah. Isn't that great? Sean Parnell, uh, USA. Quick, everyone, jump on their private jets to discuss this immediately from Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. And then you have uh, uh, Ahmed Al Askin. Uh, I probably butchered it. AOC promised it was going to happen again sometime in 2018. Al Gore said it was 2014. Elijah Manley, because we were ran by psychopaths, we won't do anything and the consequences won't be severe at all. <laughs> by so, psychopaths. But you know, Michael, this is the first time that I've ever seen Fox News say that the climate from UN has actually been beat up by folks on Twitter. That's giving credence to Twitter's, you know, beating them up. And then the uh, the last quote in here, humanity is on thin ice and the ice is melting fast. Humans are responsible for virtually all global heating over the last 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> We're all dead, Stu. This article says all you need to say. What's next? Okay, let's go to the next one. I'm sorry. I got really tickled. And by the way, we've been banned by the UN on several things. So, you know, I, I, I got to hand it to the UN for being idiots. Let's go to Shell. Uh, Shell CEO dreams of leaving UK for greener and more profitable pastures in the US. This brings up a bunch of different questions. I love the picture. The picture is a big shell on fire <laughs> like hell. You know, I don't know where we're that really came from but remember shell was over in the netherlands and in, in dutch and then they moved to the uk now uk is coming in with a windfall profit tax yes. oh so shell who went totally esg and they said we're getting out of the oil and gas business so they moved to the uk because the netherlands was also trying to get out of uh, that oh they have a lot of natural gas fields there oh they need them now so the u.s why would any business want to come to the u.s with our administration? Well, because it's not the UK's administration. I mean, it's absolutely clear that even a democratic administration here is going to be a little bit nicer to the industry than what goes on in the UK. I mean, well, I think it's interesting. It's purely financials, though. What's interesting is yes. that Shell does trade at a discount relative to its U.S. counterparts. It, that's in that CEO paragraph. Points that out. He yeah, acknowledged in a recent interview. He he called it quote the valuation gap between them, and it's truly that. It's just a valuation gap. I mean, they had record profits in 2022 of over 40 billion dollars. That's huge. That would it put that. I mean, it would be absolutely. It's it's absolutely insane. So you know. I think the, well, what's interesting is, OK, now are they relocating their headquarters to the U.S.? Probably not, but it might be interesting to think about it. Let me ask you this, because you're usually very good about picking this out. Do you think that this was one of those posts or articles that they lobbed out there to try to get a waiver from the windfall profits tax? No, I think this is this seems to be a little bit. This is not necessarily from Shell direct. Like this is somebody's interpretation of what Shell is doing. Shell has come out. What has Shell come out and said? They've come out now and said they're moving more towards U.S. return and right. investing more into the United States. What does that mean? Could mean a lot of stuff. Does it mean they want to? ultimately move to the United States because the UK government is screwing them out of, you know, excess profits from windfall taxes. It's likely 
probably it's 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 a small likelihood. I don't think necessarily more likely than what exactly this you know the CEO will give him credit. Waylon Swan, CEO of Shell, he this quote unquote valuation gap between where Shell sits right. and where these large you know uh, where Exxon and Chevron and ConocoPhillips sit. So right. that's probably got more to do with it. In that, if you get more involved in the United States oil and gas sure. business, maybe there's more to it. It's, I mean, you know, it's yep. bad when companies are trying when you're trying to get more involved with the U.S. oil and gas business. That's when you know it's gone completely south. <laughs> exactly. You no, know, we need more of. We need more 500 quality drilling locations. Yeah. We need more uh, high quality. I wonder who they can call for some high quality drilling locations. Oh, I got a few. You okay. got a few in your backyard. I do. All right, let's go to the next one, dude. I thought you'd get a kick out of that one. Why I will be buying a brand new petrol car right before the 2030 ban, says Matt Ridley. This one is actually pretty funny because this goes back to Britain as well. Britain's electric vehicle transition and the ban on petrol cars in 2030. This is absolutely some great numbers in this article. Let's go through some of these. Most electric car batteries are being made in China and it's hold on the market. Uh, a huge investment in lithium and other uh, minerals. We all know that China is now banning, is going to be a major supply line uh, issue. Let's come in here to wean ourselves uh, off China over the next seven years would require 100 times as much battery capacity as we have now which is neither affordable or feasible to lure battery makers to the UK, despite our sky high energy prices caused by the massive investment in wind power and the refusal to tap shale gas. The government is having to throw uh, armfuls of taxpayer money at the battery and car manufacturers. This is sounding like the U S it is. I mean, it's what happens when you put deadlines on things that people still want. They're going, you're going to increase the demand for those things up until the ban happens. And then you're going to create a black market or what they would aptly call a secondary market for right. this type of stuff. So that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mark, let's Mill, get into that. Let's get into the black market of petrol cars. I'm in. Okay, as uh, Mark Mills, I've interviewed twice uh, on our podcast, Cool Cat. Uh, he's over at the Manhattan Institute. Uh, as a fellow, Mark Mills, an energy expert with the Manhattan Institute, explained in a recent article to match the energy stored in one pound of crude oil from petrol and diesel are produced requires 15 pounds of lithium battery, which engage entails digging up 7000 pounds of rock and dirt to get the minerals needed. Lithium, graphite, copper, nickel, aluminum, zinc manganese and so on a single half ton ev battery requires mining and processing of 250 tons that's a lot crazy. of diesel i mean here's the thing people are going to be buying gas cars the demand will probably initially not be as high for these evs as you think i mean this is again as i said in the open in a move nobody expect it nobody expected no one's buying evs well yes because you can go about 10 miles in them and they cost $82,000 right. for some Korean luxury brand. You know, Tesla has increased their prices substantially since when they first came out, you know? Oh yeah. Let's go to the last article here. Uh, all these kind of fit together here. Unsold electric cars are piling up on dealer lots. Michael, this is 
really a great article and there's some great numbers in here. There is a huge mismatch between the EV supply and the EV demand. Michael, I've talked to everybody that I know says they wouldn't mind an EV for a second car. Yeah. I mean, again, you, you said it best second car. I think what's trying to get shoved down our throats is primary vehicle only. Right. And, it, and oh. if they if they get it that way, we're not even be able to afford a car. And I think they want us not to have cars. So let me go through some of these numbers. EV sales, which accounts for 6.5% of the U.S. auto market so far this year, are expected to surpass 1 million units for the first time in 2023. Cox survey found that 51% of consumers are now considering either a new or used EV up from 38 All right. So let's go into some of these details. Nationwide supply has swelled 350%, Michael, to 92,000. That's a 92-day supply. Uh, Dealers normally have a 54-day supply worth of gasoline in inventory. Um, so you sit back and talk the Genesis, which you just mentioned, the Korean luxury sold only 18 of its nearly 82,000 sedans in the 30 days, 18. You can't keep a manufacturing going that way. No. I mean, who's buying the Genesis though? In, in, in reality, and it's, and it's got a 350 day supply. Huh. Must the Mustangs got 117 day supply. It's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. And um, so you sit back. Here's where I wanted you and I have talked about this one. The intrigue hybrid vehicles have much lower inventory levels. Ding, 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 Toyota. Ding, 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 ding. That consumers want stepping stones. You you and I love hybrids. Why? I would buy a hybrid tomorrow. All about the high. All about hybrids. All about the hybrid. And they're in short supply under 30 days. I'm glad we ran something from Axios on our website, giving them some backlinks. Nice job. Why is that bad? Axios is pretty left wing. Is what? Axios is pretty left wing. Oh, well, see. I mean, let's just go see the, I mean, let's just go look at the, I guarantee on their homepage, their top story. What's their top story on Axios? Just as a sidebar. I just found that hilarious. We're running Axios. Whatever. Um, Yeah, right here. Top story, extreme heat during Europe's hottest summer killed over 61,000, study said. Ooh, climate change, Stu, you're killing us all. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm i not uh, picky on where I get my news. I just want the truth. Yeah, no kidding. So, well, don't come to Energy News Beat then. Trust me. Oh, what? Yeah, we're going to we're going to bag you on that one, dude. I'm going to cut half, all your pay in half. Wait, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, you got anything else, Stu? Nah, we beat up on the poor climate folks heavily uh, today. We do. We do. Um, but they need it. They they some they they, they got too big of a head. Yes. Um, uh, John Kerry could attest to that. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Al Gore, no kidding. Oil prices, you know, we're, we're, we're down about 1% day over day. Currently sitting 73.13 um, as markets open here. We're, we're recording this about 6.30 um, Monday on June or July 10th. Brent settled down at 77.69 after touching their highest levels in about two months. Um, quote out of BOK Financial, this is Dennis Kessler, Senior Vice President of Trading. Um, everyone's very nervous about higher interest rates. We could kill demand very quickly. You know, we are seeing a continuation of that million barrel a day output from Saudi Arabia. 
um, and Russia with some fresh output cuts that made both benchmarks rise by about 4.5 percentage points over a weekly basis. So again, as we come to this next Fed announcement, done, 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 what happened? So I think that's really all eyes are on the Federal Reserve right now and what happens, which will, will most likely be a rate increase. We will tomorrow see what the API says um, in, in, in relation to crude oil inventories. Stu, quick update on Pemex. You've got some breaking news um, coming across yeah. the desk. What is it? Uh, it is. They've got already got 80,000 barrels uh, back. 85% online. of it back online. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So it's like, you know, hey, wait a minute here. So you sit back and kind of go, uh, it's really not that bad, you know? Uh, it could be worse. Hey, I'm glad. I, I'm very sorry for any deaths, but it looks like there were only two deaths. So I think that we, uh, they, they did get away with uh, such a disaster to already have uh, that much production back online. It's pretty yep. impressive. Yeah, well, they've got great training in in massive industrial accidents. So, I mean, when in doubt, oh, dude, that's harsh. Funny. They do. They're literally what the, that's literally what the article said three days ago. They were like, Pemex has a history of large industrial accidents. So I'm just quoting Reuters. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Anything else, Stu? What should they be worried about? Um, what the Fed does. Yeah, watch out for the Fed, folks. So, all right, guys, we'll let you get out of here. Get back to work. We appreciate you checking us out uh, here on this Tuesday. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow.